everyone's in the fourth dimension and welcome to the greatest show in the galaxy i am emma he is mike and we've got some other friends with us today so we've got uh mr rick tetro from starbase 66 and various others hi folks and we also have rich who's our boss you are so doing the intros for gaming news from now on that was amazing <laughs> that was that was so much better than my intros hello everybody yeah so today we're going to have a chat about peter capaldi in general so this is going to be the first part of a i think multi-episode breakdown of uh the capaldi era the Stephen moffat years um these are the shows we've been waiting to do for a while um it's sort of been a long time coming this one mm. um because we've been i feel like me and mike where we've been doing the show regularly and doing the episode week in week out reviews we've been going i would talk about this but we're saving it for the Peter Capaldi episode. So now this is the thing where we get to actually talk about those things we haven't been talking about for a while. Hmm. So um, I'm kind of a little bit confused as to where to start at you because it's like an enormous subject. Yeah. Um, well, can I can I make a comment on on your your uh, show about the finale? Okay. So where do you two keep? the boxes that hold your shriveled tiny little souls in because I cried my eyes out through that whole freaking episode <laughs> we're British yeah <laughs> I was stunned that you guys hated it that much or, or were, were that nonplussed about it I, I thought it was like my it was my favorite Christmas special um I don't know Easily. I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's because um it's it's a case of uh we were sort of looking at it the perspective of oh it's like a first doctor thing and hmm. um it's uh it, sort of like i think as we were sort of dissatisfied with the first doctor aspect of it i think both of us hmm. so it kind of didn't resonate really i i can dig that because i you know the only thing i've seen the 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 what was it the weird child the strange child the unearthly child unearthly child unearthly child thank you adjectives eluded me uh, <laughs> um and you know pretty much all i remember from it is it being boring as hell and watching everybody flub their lines um and thinking that that uh the the granddaughter was pretty cute um yeah so i didn't have any sort of comparison for how how well uh the representation of the first doctor was being so i just assumed he was just this angry guy who was always bitching at everyone about what they did yeah, I, I have, it's just occurred to me, I have no comparison to that. I've never seen any of the originals. I don't know how well he did. But it, I was fine with it. Well, so, yeah. I think it's just because, you know, like, we're, we're used to William Hartnell and how he played the Doctor. And, you know, not to, like, knock David Bradley, because he did a perfectly good job. Um, it's just, I think it was more sort of the characterization. Because obviously there was a bit of a furore online about how he was like really sexist and like very sort of like um, sort of stereotypical almost, and that's like the the attitudes towards women and all that from like the sixties when he wasn't really like the first Doctor wasn't really sort of I don't want to say that bad, but do you know what I mean? It's sort of like it's it seems to be sort of like aggrandized sort of well i mean i think the thing the, the thing that it felt like to me what i what i said in the in the episode when we reviewed it was it felt like the first doctor was being used as a tool for Stephen moffat to go look how woke i am mm. 
Yeah. And, you know, look at, you know, how my doctor isn't like this, even though, you know, Simon Moffat has had more than a few accusations of being like that. So um, <laughs> I think that it was sort of a a bit of a fuck you, it felt like to me, um, to people who were saying, you know, Moffat's sexist, Moffat's this, doesn't write women well, blah, 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 blah. He's like, I'm going to use the first doctor and show you that actually the doctor that I made and the doctor that I cast and the doctor that... Um, that I'm in charge of is, you know, enlightened and, and 21st century. But the, fir- the first mm. Doctor wasn't like that ever. He was a dickhead in The Unearthly Child, like we said. Mm. He advocates stoving in a guy's head because he's inconvenient in The, fir- in the Unearthly Child. Well, um, well how uh, inconvenient but, is he, though? I mean, you know. He's slowing he... him down. He's slowing him down. Like, oh. and they're having to drag along an injured guy, and the Doctor's like, just stove his fucking yeah, head in there. Let's go with it. Smash, smash him, him in. in. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, <laughs> but. Um, or just that's... leave him. I mean, smashing it, that's five, ten minutes. Just plow on. Sorry. You don't want to get your hands dirty, really, do you? No. 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 Um, I mean, he's not saying he'd do it himself. Let's, let's oh, not no. be stupid. Um, yeah, but yeah, so... Uh... Do, do you know something, though? I, I've... Uh, Rick, Rick will know this, certainly. I've recently been watching The Dick Van Dyke Show on Netflix, which was, you know, made in 1960 to 19 whenever. I'm not sure off the top of my head. And you're sort of watching it, waiting for those moments of, oh, my God, the sexual politics is terrible. And I'm four seasons in and it hasn't come yet. No, and they I'm, were very amazing about that. Well, that that's what I'm wondering. Is it that the show is extremely progressive for for the 1960s? Is it that whilst things have absolutely moved on, maybe as somebody who wasn't there, history has given me a sort of distorted view of what it was actually like on a day-to-day basis? Um, it's hard to say because I think part of the problem when you're looking at one of those shows back then is you don't see someone saying you know, Laura, get in the kitchen and make us canapes. She just does it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, it, it's still there, but... I, you know, I wonder if... Do you know what? I think that's because maybe that's the era that my parents come from. And their relationship, as I've witnessed growing up, isn't too dissimilar from the format of... of I've forgotten his name. Rob and Laura yeah. in the Dick Van Dyke show. It's think, you, I've never seen my father command my mother to do anything, ever. That's a ludicrous concept. But as you say, it's because she's always just done stuff. Um, whereas, yeah, things are very different with, with Alison. And that, yeah, it's very odd. I'd be interested to learn more about this. Sexual there, politics of the 60s. But, I'm yeah. sure there are many a treatise out there. I'm sure that it, I'm just realizing a lot of my knowledge comes from Doctor Who and Quantum Leap and mm. other things like that. And maybe that's not the best source of information for historical accuracy. Well, I mean, and also, if, as well, we've got a massive cult, it's all not a massive, but we've got a cultural divide between three of us and one of us in that, you know, the, the way that British TV is about sexual politics going between the 60s and the 70s especially 70s is dreadful um in this country is much different to how it's going to be for rick and also our ages are are, you know different as well so it there's a lot of factors in there i think yeah Mm -hmm. 
And if Laura Petrie was walking through the living room and Rob was doing something silly and she went, stop being an ass, Rob, uh, there might have been a bit of a, a you know, an issue taken. So uh, it, it, I don't think it's a matter of it was invisible back then or they didn't deal with it. It just because everybody, quote unquote, knew their place, mm. uh, you know, nobody was really challenging it. Although I would say that the Dick Van Dyke show more than others at the time did occasionally dip a toe into Laura going, fuck it, I'm oh, as capable as you guys are. You know, it was generally yeah. done for comedic effect, but uh, they, they did she from time to time. She's certainly not a minor role or, or oh, no. anything like that. It, it, she's, she is as pivotal to that show as Dick Van Dyke is. Mm-hmm. I bet they weren't paid the same. Probably not. <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed they paid her. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So remember when there was a dinosaur in London all those years ago? <laughs> oh, then yeah. it's like a million years ago. Yeah. God, I just so brought weird. up the Wikipedia list of episodes just so I could have a, a you know a cheat sheet if we started talking about things. And it was like, it starts off with, a dinosaur materializes along the... Hi-. And I'm like, holy shit, I forgot all about the dinosaur. Mm. She wasn't in it that much, really. No. Well, the was- dinosaurs cost a lot of money. Well, yeah. You can't get them, I was going to say, that, that's the budget now. <laughs> and they, they must have spent a lot of it on her hair as well mm. in that episode. That I remember that angering me so much. That they were in this. This we've got to find the doctor. We've got, he's lost somewhere in London. We've got to find him. I just need this four-hour hairstyle done <laughs> with this intricate plaiting and everything. Can we do that before I go out into London looking? For, we, we must find him now. <laughs> it's, yeah, come on. Well, I mean, it's improvement for me and Mike because last time Dinosaurs was in Doctor Who, it was literally like sort of the chew it tan puppet and mm. literally a bloke saying, Rawr. I love that advert. That was an amazing advert. Thank you for reminding me of that. Screw you, Barrow and Furnace bus station. Oh. And he chewed all the things and that. He did chew all the things. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Rick. This is. But I mean, it, it's it's so bizarre. Like, because I can still remember um, watching the live announcement of Peter Capaldi. Oh, God, and... didn't that, that was that was in twenty thirteen. Yeah. Can, can I ask what was that about? I they, know. they don't do that. They've never done that. Why did they do that then? I I, I don't branding. It's, yeah, pretty much. And... Well, okay. David Tennant took the world by storm, especially over mm-hmm. here. Doctor Who was always sort of just a, th- you know, we always knew, we've known about it since the early 80s, mm-hmm. but it's never been a big deal over here. Um, even in fan circles, Whovians were kind of, you know, a couple of steps above furries. No offense to furries out there, folks, but you know that That's they're... That's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> um... I can't believe we've just got to put in the same bracket as furries. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been, I've been in the... I, 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 I speak from experience, okay? <laughs> I considered myself a Whovian up until Tom Baker left, and I know we don't gatekeep on me. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I know, I know, I'm dodging you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I considered myself a furry. <laughs> yeah, I no, was waiting for that. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I kind of was I, as well. I may be fuzzy, but I don't wear animal costumes when... Uh, anyway. Um, 
Doesn't the fur get all matted? I don't, I don't even want to know. Thing, I don't want to know. Yeah. I was at a Star Trek convention, actually, and there were a couple of furry people there with the Star Trek uniforms on over the fur costumes. Or Brilliant. Fur costume, I don't know. And, uh, yeah, there were a few people, like, literally people drinking tea in the corridors with their uniforms on going, fucking hell. Like that. <laughs> I can't even understand if the dressing was Mares from uh, the animated series, but... Uh... Now that would that, that would cause some moral conundrums in my mind. But anyway, <laughs> it's, do you know what? There's just there's always a pecking order. That's just how it goes. There's always yeah, a pecking order. There it is. We're, we all think the other group are weird, and we all look down on bronies. And so it's all <laughs> just those things. Yeah. It's cool. You know, we don't need but, to fall out about it. You know. But then David Tennant happened. Well, I think Christopher Eccleston sort of started it a little bit when people went, "Hey." A cute doctor, uh, and then of course you know, and I loved I loved Eccleston. I, I I am not ashamed to admit it. I really enjoyed him uh, as as the doctor, and uh, you know when he disappeared, which over here that's what it seemed like. You know I you know it was just like why did he leave? Okay, he's gone. And then Tennant came in, and suddenly we have teenage heartthrob doctor, and, and he's not a teenager, but you know. Uh, that that kind of effect happened, and suddenly, all of my students know who Doctor Who is, and I hear all, mostly my female students uh, are going on and on and on and about, about David Tennant, and I, you know, he's incredibly charming and very talented. I enjoyed him very much, um, uh, and then uh, um, and Amy, wait, no, Rose, right, Billy Rose, Piper? okay, Billy Piper, yeah, yeah. Billy Piper. Uh, just absolutely, you know, you have these incredibly hot people in the TARDIS all of a sudden. Uh, I don't know, I mean, it, apart from the doctors, I think the companions were like 70s hot. I mean, you know, Sladen could hold her own, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree. I was so, you know, I I cannot, God damn it. I, I did <laughs> I have can't think about Elizabeth Slade without crying. Oh, I, no, I, I mean, I think we all get very hmm. emotional about Liz, but I mean, you know, um, well, a lot of them. I, 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 I think um, I understand what you're getting at. That suddenly, like, it's not this kind of fuddy-duddy old people, little mm. granddad-looking Doctor Who's. It's you know, young, hot, trim suit. And, and also, and, and Rich, you were you were starting to say that he something, and we we totally bulldozed over. I, you. I was just going to say, yeah, I had quite the thing for Sophie Eldred back in the day. Is that her name? The one yes. with yes, Sylvester McCoy? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're yeah. right. Yep. They've always Eldred. been kind to her. And uh, Bonnie Langford. There you go. Fair yeah. Enough. I said it. <laughs> but I the difference it. is, Russell T. Davies, instead of just putting attractive people in the TARDIS, he put attractive people in the TARDIS who were attracted to each other. And that shit sells like hotcakes over here. Um, and so we had... I'm sure they saw their marketing budget or their, the, you know, their marketing returns in the United States just go through the roof. You couldn't go anywhere and not see Doctor Who merch everywhere, mm. um, you know. And suddenly, people who wouldn't know Tom Baker to spit at him are spewing out Doctor Who trivia left and right. Mm. And you know, I personally didn't care for it. I mean, I, I, I think Billy Piper's awesome. Uh, I, I, you know, we don't have that whole pop star thing baggage that y'all have with her so i was just like wow she's gorgeous i love her accent and she's a pretty good actor uh but then there was when there was whole that whole are they attracted to each other what's going on and i'm like where the fuck did this come from 
Um, well, say the the shipping forecast was blowing blowing a gale force nine. There's mm-hmm. there's no there's no two ways about it. Yeah. yeah, and then I find out that that Davies was always in love with the Doctor and always kind of wanted to be his companion. And that, that, you know, he never wanted to be the doctor. He wanted to be the companion. And that, that came blaringly through the writing. But then we hear that, you know, hot young David Tennant is going to move on. And the wailing and gnashing of teeth could be heard. Well, yeah, because as well, they, they, they replaced him with a bloke who looks like an Easter Island statue, which, you know, it's... (laughs) It's a shock to the system, and then, but w- what happened really? It was, it was what it was with you guys over in the states was even more magnified over here. The David Tennant, Catherine Tate series, mm. um, it turned into what we've referred to on the podcast before as David Tennantmas, yeah. because that Christmas he was on every fucking show. He was on like, all the the you know the panel games mm-hmm. and the award shows mm-hmm. and the news like you know magazine shows it was on everything i mean literally his face was on the telly 24 7 and i think the the feeling was amongst fans was was like this this cannot hold this this bubble will burst and it kind of did Mm -hmm. so that's why things kind of fell off quite a lot when matt smith came in and no one fancied him and but not over here not over here um, at all there was a brief mourning period and then because yeah, Matt's my first thought when I saw him was like Frankenstein, because <laughs> he's got kind of that, that rectangular head and stuff. But as soon as he starts talking, he's so fucking charming, and you just want to give him a hug. And then they bring in Amy Pond, and Karen Gillan just can do yeah. no wrong in my book. Uh, and it, again, it just it, the the fires flamed up again over here, and then we saw them. They did that god-awful taking Doctor Who to, to Arizona for some reason. And we all started worrying about Doctor Who getting Americanized. And I think I think there was a taint of that. Because when... when Because, uh, I, you know, Tennant did three seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sure felt like more. <laughs> I don't know why. It was why. very spread out. I mean, because you had the specials year in between. Yeah. So you only had basically three episodes that took up a whole year. So it okay. felt like a lot longer. Um, but I think here, um, the bubble really burst. There wasn't that enthusiasm about Matt Smith. So coming back to where we kind of started with this, with the Capaldi introduction show, was mm-hmm. kind of saying, look, <clears throat> so we get that quite a lot of you didn't really get into Matt Smith or switched it off as soon as David Tennant went away. Look, here's the new guy who's a proper actor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it was kind of a, a thing of trying to build some hype up again and kind of say, look, this is, this is still a show. This is still going on. This is still a thing you should be interested in. So it was kind of like, think about, was it like the Apple advert that cost them a gazillion dollars or the 1984 one? Mm. It was only shown once, but that's all you needed. It was to say, you know, we're a statement, we're here, we're not fuddy-duddy old windows, whatever. It's, it was kind of that whole idea of, here's the new guy, get on board now. Okay, see, I, the, the reason I was going back through the history lesson uh, was that I think, I, I felt when they did the whole Capaldi announcement thing, um, it felt very much like something we would have done. Because uh, yeah. we do, we love to do that kind of shit. Just build up and build up and build up and have a special and have something that's 90 minutes long with the only the last 30 seconds is what you're really interested in. But we're going to interview everyone in the world that's even remotely related to it. <laughs> uh, 
And, and even know, in that case, some people who were in no way related to yeah. it, other than the <laughs> fact they had once seen Doctor Who. Exactly. It was. Um, do you know what, though? I think that the reason they could do it with Peter Capaldi was he was the only one in recent memory where when they say who it is, we don't go, who? Who? Exactly. Because yeah. no one knew who... Da- I mean, David Tennant had been in some stuff. There wouldn't mm. be people who knew who he was, but that was certainly the first time I saw him. And I didn't even know he was Scottish till I saw him appearing on something else. Um, <laughs> no one knew who Matt Smith was. No. Uh, they didn't. It wasn't a big thing when it was Christopher Eccleston, but we would have known who he was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Peter Capaldi, that was a statement of intent because yeah. you, you got him off the back of the, the thick of it. And he's won a fucking is... Oscar, let's not forget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did? So, mm-hmm. Yep. For what? Uh, screenwriting, I think he wrote. A, he wrote a script for something. It wasn't oh, yeah, for his yeah. acting. It was yeah. It was a screenwriting thing, I think. Uh, so yeah, I th- I think it was yeah. Like you say, they were saying, look, it's the new guy, and look who it is. Yeah, it's Peter Capel. You know him. He's the shouty one. Yeah. <laughs> you're like yeah, and then you got all those fan cuts of Doctor Who and the thick of it together, and <laughs> yeah. all that sort of thing. It was a <laughs> classic, great move. We fucking um, time travelled, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Come the fucking or fuck the fuck off. <laughs> Just so many things. Fucking guy, is is that his? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, th- there are words in the dictionary because of that show. Mm. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it was a good choice, and yeah, it's a statement of, of intent when you get somebody like him. Uh, yeah. Sorry, that's I remember the end of how. Remember how, uh, how I don't want to say uneven, but how difficult the first season was because they they kind of they kind of did such a a one eighty with going from the warm fuzzy cuddly doctor to prickly to the point of annoying and obnoxious doctor. I I think the first Capaldi season was was fucking awful. Um, um, I'm trying to I. I'm I'm sorry, I don't have a list of episodes up in front of me. I should have done. Uh, I've got a list. So, um, Deep Breath was the first episode. So, I think what it was is it, ever since I would say Tom Baker to Peter Davison, ever since then, this show has had a dilemma, or not a dilemma, but a thing about who the Doctor is, essentially. Is he... Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of basically human with a magic box um, guy who's here to solve all your problems. Or is he an alien? And there's always kind of this war between these two ideas in in writing Doctor Who. And I think when they went to Peter Davison, there was always this feel of like, this guy is now too familiar. He's too matey. He's not an alien. He's this. So when we had Colin Baker come in, there was going to be this, this whole idea that doctors going to be very prickly. And then we're going to go and sort of soften him up as time goes on. There's going to be an arc with his character. It continued on with Sylvester McCoy and they wanted to make him more mysterious. And there's the lots of other things with that. So there's always kind of this, we, this war in, in, in the people who write this show. Mm. So you, you had this kind of, and it always sort of keeps coming back, this idea that the Doctor shouldn't be, you know, like your mate. You should be like an alien who's here and has a different morality to you or I. So you've come from the 10th, 11th Doctor, who are very sort of cuddly, lovely, warm guys. And I think there was a feeling 
like it always comes back that um the the doctor has to go back to being alien again and i think that the 12th doctor going from his first season to his last is the end of that idea because people hated it and um (laughs) and Unfortunately, I mean, I've I've got a theory that the bigger Peter Capaldi's hair is, the better he is as the Doctor. Mm. <laughs> and he did almost reach Egon levels by the end of the show. He was it was sort of big. It was big Pertwee hair yeah. towards the end. It was he had he had a perm going on. But I mean, you know the you know very short cropped hair in the his first series. Mm-hmm. You know, harsh Doctor and um, problem is as well with his first season, you had the baggage of Danny. And Danny and Clara's and Clara, yeah. fuckery, and that really bombed the series into the toilet. Uh, as far I mean, this uh, the um, the series eight as it was then. So got deep breath, you got into the Dalek, Robot of Sherwood, Listen, Time Heist, Caretaker, Kill the Moon, uh, Mummy on the Orient Express, Flatline, into the fo- in the Forest of the Night, Dark Water, and Death in Heaven. Um, that was series eight. Can I can but, I ask you all a question? Because because you, you all yeah. know you all are, are knowledge of these things. You have much broader depth of of field here. Is Kill the Moon a contender for the stupidest Doctor Who episode ever? Mm. Me and Mike both gave it an eight. Did we? You did. Because if if anyone's not listened to this show before, I was just coming in on a like our Peter Capaldi thing. Every episode that we've reviewed as they've come up, we've marked out of ten, and it is our immediate not immediate reaction, but it's we basically reviewed it as they came out. So Mm. when we reviewed Kill the Moon, we had no idea what was going to happen next, essentially. So we're not going back retrospectively and looking at it again. We, me and Mike, legitimately gave this episode eight out of ten each. And I couldn't tell you why, because I haven't listened to the whole episode um, <laughs> since, since we made it. Um, but yeah, um, I think the Nadir of Series 8 is the caretaker. Yeah. Um, but mean, not the lowest score you gave out, Mike, actually. Oh, no. The lowest, that would, in the forest that of the would night. Be, yes, the lowest I score we ev- anyone, gave, anyone gave out between the two of us, and even mm. when Rick's been on the show and gave marks out as well, the lowest score ever given was the Forest of the Night, which you gave to th- gave three out of ten. Oh, three! I thought I'd rated two. <laughs> no, three. You gave it a three. Damn. Um, <laughs> Can I go back and change it? <laughs> Do you know what? I've watched it again recently, and mm. it's not that bad. Uh, the, the caretaker is the one with the, the the monster in the gym, right? They're at yes. the, or the school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Weren't <laughs> they trying to launch a spin-off of that episode or something? Well, sort of it what yeah. what sort of became class which was um uh the latest spin-off which just died on its ass after one series because mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't very good right <laughs> it uh, just felt like when they brought in capaldi every episode was like you, they're all secretly robots mate honestly <laughs> it's... yeah there was quite a lot of secret robots in series eight you're not wrong just like th- this week what's wrong oh i'm telling you right they're all secretly robots <laughs> <laughs> and it was every fucking episode and it just it really got hard to watch yeah <laughs> um and to be honest he actually dragged me through it because i wanted him to be good and he was good but yeah like emma said the longer his hair is the better he is as the doctor it i'm kind of um, still disappointed he's stopping you know 
Well, I feel like I feel like I'm disappointed he's stopping because it feels like they finally got the legs under him. Because I say you basically had almost a write-off season in Series Eight. I mean, looking at our scores and thinking about it again, there's really three high points in Series Eight. Those are Listen, Mm -hmm. Flatline, Mm -hmm. and Dark Water. Mm. So Listen is the one where you go back and sort of explore the Doctor's past of his sort of traumatic childhood on Gallifrey. And um, oh yeah, I remember that being really the the kid in the bed. And, kid in the bed, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it turns out his car grabs his ankle. Well, that's all spoilers, but um, yeah. Then you have a Flatline, which is the one with the two dimensional aliens. Yeah. In London, um, which is with the, with uh, the head fake with Riggsy, we thought was going to be a yeah. recurring mm-hmm. character, and yeah. And Dark Water is the first part of the 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 finale with the. Uh, the Cybermen reveal and the Missy reveal and yeah. all that sort of thing. So um, if I have, you know, one major criticism I feel like, looking back on his the whole series, Peter Capaldi's era almost feels like Missy's story is more complete than his. Mm. Yeah. Because Missy's journey, along with the Doctor, so when you get from beginning of Series 8 to where she ends up in at the end of Series 10... Um, the, the the morality that the doctor comes by and the the code of how he lives, you know, the, the without hope, without witness, without reward. M- Missy fulfills that from beginning of eight to the end of ten. Mm. It's more her journey that makes sense more than the doctor's journey makes sense in that context. Well, do you think me. it's a matter of of villains are disposable, so they can afford to do stuff like that, whereas anything they write for the doctor becomes precedent. Well, you, it doesn't work because it's the master that essentially becomes precedent as well. But they, they he, changed he, him he, and her so much over the years. Well, I mean, to be honest, if because she's she is, I mean, they're two sides of the same coin essentially. These these two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happens to her is as important as what happens to him. I but think for, could... Doctor, for for quite a lot of people. For me, I think I feel because it's, so as far as Gallifreyans go, those are the two that that we have. Until we need more, and then they show up. Well, not big char- not in sort of big character ways like the other two do. I mean, mm. you no, haven't really Rassilon is we've we've seen Rassilon twice in the last decade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think that Rassilon's there to shout and uh, mm. get fucked over by the Doctor. He's he's you know that's <laughs> that's essentially what he's there for. So um, can I can I, mean, I just. Sorry to interrupt. Can I just check where are we with the state of Gallifrey at the moment in the storyline? Because is it in a box or something, or is it a planet where it should be, or on is fire it still or in what? The painting or, or I'm kind no, of not. It's out. Yeah. Okay. It's still it's... time locked, isn't it? It's um, uh, right. Is it? Hang on a sec. So this would be <laughs> Hellbent. So series nine. So at the well, see, here's the thing because I believe. It was sort of like near nearer to the end of the universe, so like four billion and odd years removed from the time war. So yeah, it's out. It it well, obviously because you know timey wimey stuff. So it is. It can be both like still uh, time locked, but also back in the universe. But it's sort of like right at the end of time, I believe. Yeah, that's okay. right. So basically, it can't. It's sort of far enough removed that it can't do any further damage to the timeline mm-hmm. or be invaded by Daleks and things like that. Um, but it's 
still there if we need it to cause problems. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, just checking. That's okay. <laughs> Doctor Who in general does a good line in making me forget storylines that I don't know how they end. I think they have to count on that. <laughs> there's, uh, there's also, quite that's, a a few Steve, of that's a Stephen Moffat problem. Mm-hmm. There, there are so many where I have to, I'll remember like, oh yeah, what happened with that? And that kind of thing. And I genuinely have no idea. And I think some of them were just never answered. So, but that's Doctor Who. Aside from uh, Missy, did we get any new baddies with Capaldi? Uh, new baddies. There was, there was well, the well, mummy me... on the Orient Express. But but that's not something that's coming back. Recurring things. Uh, no, I mean, the, no. The, I mean, we haven't had like a new silence or, you know, weeping angels or anything like that. Um, I think the closest we got was the monks, but that was that was only three episodes. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Still two, two episodes too many, I think, but still. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that if you want to hear real disappointment, just listen, go back and listen to the two, the two episodes that we did after Extremis, so Pyramid of the World and Lie of the Land. Yeah. Um, it's... Yeah. <laughs> we're sad in it. Um, <laughs> we have a sad. Um, we are. We have a sad. <laughs> I was going to say, what, looking back, when I did... Because um, I was say, I'm a fucking nerd and did some stats... Um, <laughs> Uh, taking all our scores. This is why I said no half points because it made the maths easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we had I, I averaged out all our scores. So series eight, series nine, series ten, mm-hmm. and by far series ten was lower average scored than both nine and eight. Series eight scored average seven point eight. Mm. Series nine average score eight point one five. Series ten average score six point six eight. Um, but that is entirely the problem of period into the world and live land, yeah. <laughs> uh, which ruined the bell curve entirely. Um, so while I would say that I, I, I think all of us would put our hands on our hearts and say series eight was by far the most uneven and they're trying to work things out and it's not going quite right. And the episodes aren't quite what they think. Um, it, the that our stats don't bear that out, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I know I was not... I was borderline. I'm almost done with this show by the end of the first Capaldi season. I think I think we we were, I I think it would take a lot for me and Mike to be there. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, I think he would actually have to come round and you know nick my Xbox and kick my cat. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but it's. Um, I think as a week-to-week proposition, they, they, it was kind of just average, I think. It mm. felt like watching it week-to-week at the time. It didn't feel bad as a whole until we went back and we did like our Series 8 look-back episode and then we just yeah. sat there going, fuck, 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 like for the whole time. Because, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to put my hands up right now and say none of this was Peter Capaldi's fault. No, or his no, 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 no. At all. No. Um. I would say if I've got to put the blame on anyone for Series 8, the blame goes on Danny. Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of a, 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 a an anchor. In, not in a not in a grounding sense, but in a dragging it down sense. I thought you were going to say in a British slang sort of sense. Um, but, I, I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a new one on me. What does anchor <laughs> rhyme with, Rick? Think British insults. Uh, what, what, what anchor? Oh, all right, gotcha. Yeah, there we go. 
<laughs> well, I think it, 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 and I don't think Danny should bear the entire brunt of this because this was also the season where we were. Um, I know on more than one occasion, I commented that they are trying to create this this relationship between the Doctor and Clara uh, that wasn't earned. Right. Um, or was that with Smith? Was that with both of them? No, I'm, I'm I'm a little confused. It's all kind of. But it, it was so, like. What, no, what was, makes you say that? So, what's your what you thinking there? Um. That's right. Because wait a minute, Clara Clara started with Matt Smith, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. Um. And then we get into. Uh, we we get into this season. We get the new Doctor, and first we have the inexplicable inability of Clara to accept the new Doctor, even though e- regeneration has been explained to her over and over and over again. And I know you guys told me I was being silly about that, <laughs> but I still have a problem with it. Um, and you know, and sadly, that was also the last time we saw the Paternoster gang, which I really miss them. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, then we've got. Capaldi's doctor, uh, and and this ca- this carried on through right up until finally Clara left. So like utterly devoted to her, but there was no, there was no chemistry. Is it like chemistry? Mm-hmm. It well, it, but that's not right because chemistry is kind of a it, it's kind of an, an an overrated thing. Competent actors can create that between themselves and they're both more than competent it just it just never felt right to me because we always get when we get a new doctor um you know we always get like it's it's like a clean slate and you know with the exception of like when sarah jane came back and you know we all cried (laughs) um and but but even then the the tenant at the time the the tenant at the time the doctor at the time yeah. <laughs> um, was more paternal. It was much more in keeping with the relationship that that the fourth doctor had with Sarah Jane. It was just it was it was sweet. It was a wonderful reunion, but it was not, you know, sort of a blubbering. Oh my God, I've missed you so much, sort of thing. Um. And yet, that's what we saw with Capaldi and Clara in the first season, and even the second season. And it just, it, it, it never worked for me. It never made sense. Um, and then in, the, in, in Series 8, when you have things like in, in uh, Into the Dalek, where the Doctor just writes off dead people. And in in the the Mummy on the Orient Express, which I love that episode, except for the point where he's like, "Tell me what's happening. Tell me what you're in the die." He's like, "Fuck you! I'm dying. This is my death. Go away." <laughs> <laughs> um, I enjoyed that um, one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, re- it's a great episode, but mm. um, I feel that I I think the feel the feeling amongst a lot of people was that. Clara is kind of her, her story is done because her whole thing with being the impossible girl and all that sort of thing was kind of finished with with the eleventh Doctor, so and it was eleventh hour decision for uh, Jenna Coleman to stay on because 
it was basically she's leaving, she's leaving, she's leaving, and then Jenna Coleman turned around and said, I want to stay. Mm-hmm. And the production team was kind of left in this bind, I feel. Like, we can either, at the 11th hour, to go, have to go out and recast and find someone else, or we can stick with what we know. And we know that she can play this part. And at the time, the, there wasn't the feeling of just pure, <laughs> of pure bile that sort of has come out now <laughs> towards Clara. Um, um so I think that, you know, the production team was sort of left with a thing of, you know, we've got a veteran, so they felt the need to stick with her. Mm. And as a result, I feel like they they didn't, not that they didn't know, but I feel like they sort of struggled to, to come up with um, a storyline that wasn't her and the Doctor. I feel like they wanted to give her a life separate from him because again mm. they're sort of trying to trying to put to begin with frame this doctor as like you know he's a he's a proper alien he's you know basically reset to being an asshole you know he's got to sort of learn to you know chill out again and you know compassion and build his own morality so the production team was like okay so we need to give clara something to do that isn't with him because if it's just them two all the time butting heads, it's going to be like it was with the Sixth Doctor and Perry, yeah. which turned a lot of people off at, at, when that went out back in the 80s. So that's why you have, essentially, they did a love triangle between the Doctor, Danny and Clara. Um, and, you know, especially, this is where I get out the, uh, especially as a woman card, <laughs> watching the sort of, the way that that, was i mean this is where the moffat is sexist narrative comes from Mm. the way that clara was kind of pulled and pushed over as this kind of thing to be controlled and won and used and all this sort of thing especially sort of on danny's side really got got my hackles up Mm -hmm. and you know this is why i hate the caretaker so much because it is the nadir of that um but uh, yeah, so I think the production team, you know, I think you have to point the finger at them and say, you done fucked up. I mean, it's difficult for them to say, right, sorry, JLC, you've left it too late, we're moving on, sling your rook, love. Um, it was, it, I'm not saying they should have done that, but I think they took the wrong approach with what they decided to do with her. You're not and wrong. I, I don't disagree. I, I really feel like Series 8 especially suffered um for i mean it, it's it it, it it like it doesn't what you go through to get to like the payoff of dark water where she goes like heel turn and you know is is throwing away the keys to the tardis in the lava planet mm. um it's almost it's kind of not worth it <laughs> what what we had to get to that point mm. as good as that is um and as much as i enjoyed that and thought wow this is you know this is a radical thing to do with the companion and doctor relationship um, by the time you get there, you're just ready to go off oh, for fuck's sake, just both of you sling your hook because, um, you know, I'm kind of, you know, pretty over you and I'm pretty, you know, I'm... and as much as Doctor Who fans are always saying, oh, we want a more alien doctor, we want a harsher doctor, we want, you know, different morals, all this sort of thing. When the production team actually give it to people, they don't like people it. go, don't want it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did you see the thing I, that I, I posted on Facebook this morning? Um, my my co-host Sean Ray from the from the uh, the the Discovery After Show podcast, 
um, he posted a thing where it's like this dialogue between a fan and the a fan says, I love that, you know, I want more of that thing I fell in love with years ago. And the franchise mm-hmm. says, okay, here you go. And the fan says, no, that's the same as before. You're you're just retelling it. I want something new. Okay, here's something new. No, you're changing it. I don't want, <laughs> that's not what I wanted. But you said you wanted new, but not like that. <laughs> and then the other fan goes, but I like it, heathen. <laughs> <laughs> see The Last Jedi. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> we'll see, and, see any discovery. long. Well, yeah, exactly. See any long running in anything. It's not just confined to sci-fi fans. I think you know, mm. music fans. When your favourite band, you know, they can't get yelled at for putting out the same album for you know seven years, or you know, and then they make a, you know <laughs> make a radical departure, and then people go, oh my god, you know, it's it's every it's it's fans of everything. Mm. Yeah, go through this. Um, so it's not just a, a Doctor Who problem, but you know, it, 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 I, I sort of feel like looking, especially looking back on Series Eight, um, it feels like the more you watch it, the more it feels like a misstep. And like you say, it almost felt like Series Eight was kind of a wash. Hmm. And we had, you know, it was kind of this is why it feels like Capaldi's going too soon because. You know, th- one of his three years was almost like you know a mulligan. I I agree. I I it's yeah. He's it, it was they were just getting it right, and there hadn't been enough of it done right. Yeah, uh, but I feel like it's a bad as as you know as mostly bad as series eight is. There is three solid bangers in series eight that mm. really sort of gave you hope and gave you something to kind of latch onto that, you know, this doctor is going to work. And that is all because Capaldi is awesome. Well, that, that's, that's what I was just going to say is that no matter how bad the episodes were writing wise, Capaldi was never bad. Mm. And mm. I, I, you know, it was, it was breaking my heart at the end of that series where I was like, I love this actor. I hate what they're having him do. And if they don't change it, I may just drift off. And it wasn't a rage quit sort of thing. It was just, if it stays like this, I may just stop caring. And fortunately, they 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 did change it. They they put a little more empathy into the character by the next series. Because I'm looking through the the list of titles from series nine, mm-hmm. and and I'm and I'm remembering the how they they really did a good job of making an event of most of these episodes because like I look through series eight and some of those titles are like, Oh, what was that? And then I look at the, Oh, okay. That one, but the magician's apprentice, the witch is familiar under the lake before the flood, the girl who died, the woman who lived, all of these are, you know, I don't remember episode titles mm-hmm. with doctor who well, star Trek. Yes. Doctor who. No one. I, I feel kind of badly about that, but that's just reality. But I look at these, I'm like, Oh yeah, that was the one. I don't have to even look at the, the description um there's a couple from season series eight with like robots of sherwood and into the dalek we're like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> see i don't I, I don't think into the daleks all, all that bad but um it's yeah it's, it's okay but i think i feel like there was so much oh it's okay mm. whereas the, series the nine, robin hood one was awful though that <laughs> yeah was, it, that was yeah. a low point for for many many things <laughs> Well, also, you guys never saw Lost in Space, so Into well, the no, Dalek I... didn't, didn't 
trigger an old wound for you. But also, as well, Rick, I, think I have blocked that out. Will you stop? <laughs> Will you stop reminding me of it? I'd never think about it. And then you just like, oh yeah, Doctor Smith was a carrot. Yeah, that, that <laughs> happened. I've never seen Lost in Space, but I know at one point Doctor Smith was a carrot. <laughs> he was. Don't ever watch it, Mike. I will do my best. I've got the movie on Blu-ray. Oh God, oh, why? That has nothing to do with n- no. Yeah, this, <laughs> no. The movie has Heather Graham. Hmm. It's only uh, so bad Heather that can Graham. be. Poor Heather Graham, right? Just a sidebar, right? right. Th- th- Heather Graham was like the hottest actor, you know, such a hot actor going, right? Mm. With all boogie nights and all that sort of thing. Mm. Now this poor woman is on fucking Foxy Bingo adverts in this country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, that's right. Nice. Yeah, this, man. <laughs> yeah. she? I haven't I haven't seen a TV commercial for years. I didn't know that. <laughs> I might start watching TV again. She what is went in the wrong for one of them. Um uh, yeah, she's on Foxy Bingo adverts doing Northern Accent. Talking about barn cakes. <laughs> oh my, I'm looking her up now. I'm looking her up because I, I have to. Something obviously did go wrong, didn't it? Because she was huge and she had Austin Powers and everything. Yep. Yep. Um, Boogie Nights, Scream 2, Lost in Space. Maybe it was like. No, Austin Powers in 99. Mm-hmm. Bowfinger in 99. That was great. And then. Ah, uh, The Guru, 2002. Mm, yeah. And then Sex in the City as herself. Then EverQuest 2, the video game, then Scrubs. I don't know. It just, it's kind of, and then nothing I've seen. But still lots of stuff that's not good. Just yeah, sort of flamed out, I suppose. Yeah. yeah just, I don't know. Well, no, um, she's just been in lots and lots. She's never stopped working. Hmm. Just not anything you've seen. <laughs> no, none. Oh, Law and Order, True Crime. Oh, everyone's on Law oh, and Order. Oh, that's one of the. <laughs> that's one of the lesser true law and orders as well. I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, like uh, one that got cancelled after a season. One of the oh, law right. and order spin-offs, true, true crime. So, mm. fair enough. So, season nine, <laughs> series <laughs> nine, I should say. Looking at our list as well, the only real kind of outlier is Sleep No More for us. Yeah, everything else is sevens, eights, nines, and tens. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I, I really feel as well that they they benefited from doing the, the two, two, two and two approach mm-hmm. a bit with this one because it kind of let them write longer stories, longer developing arcs yeah. and also just put things in a two episode box mm-hmm. and not really have to worry too much about anything else. I mean, obviously yeah. you had a, you know, a... a you know, there's always... You know, Missy turns up in the first couple of episodes and all that, that's fine, but... Mm-hmm. Um, um. Yeah, it's it, it, it. They really sort of picked it up, and also they kind of decided to take Danny out of the equation, so not make it the three anymore. Just go back to the two, mm-hmm. and also they sort of turned it. <clears throat> they sort of brought the darkness aspect in by pointing out that this relationship between the Doctor and the companion can be unhealthy mm. and codependent and problematic. Yeah, and. Really, if that had been the thrust of it, again, if that had been the thrust of it from the beginning, that the Doctor trying to do, you know, can't do wrong for doing right, essentially, and Mm -hmm. ends up in this sort of dreadful situation of this companion who 
with this in this relationship with the companion which is sort of codependent and a bit unhealthy mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's you know if they'd maybe gone with that from minute one they could have they could have swung they could have swung something out of it i think yeah uh, but they made it work over series nine and mm-hmm. um i think that our you know our scores and i think that the feed the feelings about um looking back on it i mean because like i say apart from sleep no more mm-hmm it's really just pretty good stuff all the way through. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also helped because they softened up the Doctor. Yes. Um, he still has his moments of being prickly in this, but I mean, I think that was one of the things I was most worried about going into Series 9 is obviously we've had this like prickish Doctor. Um, so evidently now they must like soften up, but I was worried they might go too far with it. And... Mm-hmm. In some cases, I suppose they might have gone that way. I mean, especially when you've got the Doctor entering, riding a tank, you know, shredding on his guitar. But, I mean, I still love, you know, the 12th Doctor whenever he was, like, playing his guitar. I thought that was great. But it's sort of like... It, it's it's kind of like the whole thing they've, they've done um, throughout the new series where the Doctor has, quote-unquote, his last dance. Do you know what I mean? So you've had, like the 10th Doctor sort of swanning off, you know, belaying his uh, death so he can, like, you know, get his reward or, you know, marry Queen Elizabeth and what have you. And even got a bit of that with um, the 11th Doctor, um, just trying to, like, postpone facing his end. Um, But, no, I mean, Series 9 is definitely, like, the strongest of Capaldi's run. Um, And Mm. especially because, two words, heaven sent. Oh my god, heaven sent! Fucking amazing! So fucking great! And I think I, I seem to remember at the time we were sort of like a bit like, mm, not too sure about this, but we like Capaldi can manage it, but it's still like, oh, like it's just gonna be. Can him. he do it on his own? Mm-hmm. Can he? Can he do episode on his own? Was the the worry? And I kind of like, and I almost want to like go back in time and slap myself. Say no, it's gonna be yeah, fucking same. great, great. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a shame that Hellbent didn't really stick that landing. Because, I mean, obviously you had Face the Raven before it as well. And that was good. Um, so, yeah, it's, it sort of stumbled on the, the landing. But that sort of three-parter... Um, I mean, really sort of like had but, it. Mm. In, in, in one, one thing to, that stands out for Hellbent, though, if mm. I'm remembering the order correctly, is when we saw a Time Lord regenerate as a woman. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and and that wasn't just hinted or indicated; it was a possibility. Mm-hmm. It was flat out, and he looks or she looks in the mirror and goes, "Finally, <laughs> <laughs> back to normal." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I do like the, but I like the because I, again, I watched it recently. The line where he says, "Which generation is he?" Says eleven. Says, "Good luck," and just shoots him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what's great is the general even goes, "Yeah, you too, mate." It's sort of like he doesn't like. Yeah. I know you're going to do it, you know, no hard feelings, just get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> love the, I kind of love the sort of casual murder. <laughs> well, I suppose it's not really. It, well, well, no. well, I don't uh, know. Well, depends Grey on, area. Yeah, it depends on how you look at it. Can I no, just I, I, check oh, another plot point again, please? Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Have they kind of done away with the number of regenerations thing now? Because, like, the one extra... Got life cycle. Is it the whole new thing? They can do an, he can do another however many it is now. He can get, he's got a whole new set, so mm-hmm. he can do another... He can, in theory, do another 12 after this. Okay. But Still it seems mean yeah. finishing someone's 11th in that case, doesn't it? Uh, that's a bit... Mm. Well, apparently the Time Lords can just give you a whole set, of, another set of lives if they want. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the takeaway I got from from Clara screaming into the crack in the wall. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. It, that, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, this is, again is not unprecedented. I mean, the master's on his third set. Yeah, but he keeps stealing them, right? No, he's he's well. I mean, because what it was, he regenerated all the way. Mm-hmm. He sort of becomes sort of a cadaverous skeleton in the yeah. in a deadly assassin. He then steals the body of another person, uh, a, a Trachonite called uh, Tremass. Um, <laughs> jumps from body to body. If you accept uh, the TV movie as canonical, mm. um, he becomes sort of a slug-like goo beast and can uh, <laughs> jump from body to body using that. Yeah. At some uh. point, he is drafted into the Time War and given a whole another new life cycle by the Time Lords. Um, that's kind of, I uses, think that's where he's at now, isn't it? Yeah, uh, he uses yeah. some of those, at least one, because he regenerates from... Derek Jacobi to John Sim, yeah, yeah, to John Sim, mm-hmm. and then John Sim to Missy. Um, so yeah, so he is on his second, at least his second life cycle with some fudge in the middle. Yeah, and in terms of like the Doctor's new life cycle, I think even Moffat's trying to be like cute with it because there's a line in Hellbent when Rassilon's threatening the Doctor. He says, "How many lives did we give you again?" So it's sort of like, well, it could be, you know, a, a new like 12 regeneration cycle, but he could have had more. Ooh, don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's as much as you is as the, the plot needs, yeah. essentially. It, it, it's, it's basically Moffat sort of like making it somebody else's problem. So yeah. like further down the road, it's like the next show and at the time we'll have to deal with that. So now, okay. can I say that? For as much as I love almost everything they've done since Series 9 on, mm-hmm. I hate the Sonic sunglasses so fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm on board with them. I have yeah, no I problem cool. Yeah. Well, they were handy for when he goes blind for a while. Mm, it's true. Yeah. I call them something else. <laughs> <laughs> But the sonic sunglasses. What what else do you want to call them? <laughs> I, I just, I you know, one of my favorite things about the whole uh, war doctor thing was when when the war doctor goes, "What are you going to do? Build a build a furniture at them or something like whatever he said." <laughs> yeah. Um, you know the the sonic screwdriver has become such a magic wand in the last decade or so uh, that. Yes, granted, turning it into sunglasses was kind of taking it to its absurd extreme. But the 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 main word in that is absurd. I think that uh, you know, I remember Doctor Who or, or Tom Baker, sorry, uh, you know, using his sonic screwdriver to actually turn screws. <laughs> <laughs> You're forgetting the big thing, though, Rick. Merchandising. 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 <laughs> Sonic screw television 
channel changes, sonic screwdriver <laughs> toys, sonic screwdriver for your car, sonic screwdriver toilet roll holder. It's everywhere. Toilet sonic roll screwdriver, holders. Sonic screwdriver Wiimote for your Wii. Well, I've got one. There you go. <laughs> that's what it's about. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, that's what it is about. But um, I think it just it fit for me. It, that again, sort of leaving Series Eight on its own, the, the aesthetic they sort of built for the from from the end of Series Eight up to, um, for, they they kind of said right, okay, we're we're going to come at this fresh and giving him the Sonic sunglasses as like this cool guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it it suits what they wanted to do with him moving forward, and I, I mean again saying you know series eight was a bit of a mulligan i feel like maybe the production team said the same thing as like you know that that was Mm. in terms of the doctor's character that was a wash let's let's continue on from this point and like you say a statement of intent in bowling in on a tank shredding on an electric guitar (laughs) so sonic sunglasses cool clothes um different attitude it was like it was essentially like rebooting him again. Mm. And I think it was extremely prescient that they did that because I'm not sure that we could have survived another yeah. harsh doctor season. Um, yeah. Especially as he's not, he's not doing, you know, we're not going to have seven year doctors anymore. It's just not no. happening. The, the, the burnout level is kind of, is too much for people. Mm. It's, and cause you, you can't because we're not going to have you know you're basically saying to these actors you know three years it's like being in the army you know do your three years and you're out and it's <laughs> it's um i feel like you know they 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 must know they've got a finite window so um yeah it it you know it, they just didn't have time they were i'm sure that they would have wanted to have maybe another year of of harsh Capaldi, or set, or you know, sort of semi-soft mm. Capaldi, um, flaccid, <laughs> flaccid. Oh, gosh. No, more a semi <laughs> um, than flaccid. Um, uh, you know, they just they just didn't have time. They knew that, mm. so they like they've got to kind of move course it correct. forward. Yeah. So they've got a course correct, absolutely. So um, that's why I think series nine is is more highly rated for me hmm. definitely so what what's the deal with the doctor burnout thing because i i always think and i'm saying this as someone who's not an actor i'd do it till they told me to stop i think it's just but... 18 hour days six days a week location filming night shoots in the winter um, in the rain um, mm-hmm. like i say for three you know for three years and as well with you've got comic-con and promotional mm. tours and go to australia go to korea go yeah. to new zealand it's say, not just yeah. you know people it's just... also have to do the world tour so you know that probably didn't help either you know i mean sense. i think it just comes from any job i mean mm. you know we've all had jobs you know you know for me well when i was banking i think i walked into size was just like a thousand yard stare some days because my i was just so fucking done with having to do that job mm. Um, and it, I can't, and that was only for seven and a half hours a day and I wanted to kill myself. So I don't know how (laughs) people who do those, you know, giant long days, even if you love it, it's going to get at you. And, um, I think that's, you know, the the whole Patrick Troughton thing of, you know, three years and out, mate, that's, that's the perfect thing. So you don't hate your, watching your bank balance go up in real time helps a lot with that. 
I would imagine it does. <laughs> yeah, but you can't, you know, they don't, but you won't see your wife or your kids or your house. Yeah. And you have no privacy mm-hmm. and the sun is papping you when you're on holiday. <laughs> and it's like, and as well, I don't think it ever really ends. I mean, you stop doing the show, but you're always going to be the doctor. Mm. And um, that has its, you know, financial advantages, but I'm sure it also has its disadvantages. Peter Capaldi had to move house because people found out where he lived and he lived near a school mm-hmm. and he couldn't live yeah. there. He just, he, his privacy was shattered and he's like, I've just, I've got to, I've got to leave my house and go somewhere else. Um, you know, so it's real. Um, it's, it's kind of no joke. Fair enough. So. Well, maybe I wouldn't be Doctor Who forever then. You know, there's only well, one I mean, way to find out producers of Doctor Who. <laughs> I mean, we've had this, we've had this debate about being James Bond, mm. and how da- you know Daniel Craig really doesn't want to be James Bond anymore. Yeah, but he's probably going to do it because they wheeled a truckload of money up his drive. <laughs> um, but I think it's just purely just burnout. I would do that one as well, producers of James Bond. <laughs> Although. I, I feel I would be less damaging to Doctor Who as a franchise than I would to the James <laughs> Bond films. I could do weird and quirky. I, I can't do Daniel Craig. Hmm. He keeps getting away. <laughs> 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 anyway, sorry. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think I was in a much more comfortable place after the end of Series 9. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, I get it. And I understand where we're going with this. And... Um, yeah, I just think that uh, it's um, it just worked better. I, I, they sort of got they got their groove on, so mm-hmm. to speak, and they found their niche, and they sort of they understood what they wanted to do with him and all that sort of thing. So I, I felt much better going into series ten. Yeah, and then that Christmas special happened. Oh, what the husband's a river song? <laughs> no, the return of Doctor Mysterio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen that, that you know. I have such a sketchy history with Doctor Who Christmas specials, though. I, there, there are a lot of them I don't like. Uh, I, I had weird. them up earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's quite an odd thing. Uh, I, you know, I can't think of a good uh, one I enjoyed a lot, apart from perhaps the, the most recent one. Um, but I didn't like the one with Kylie or the one with Nick Frost or loads of them actually see that's that's one of the reasons i like uh uh this most recent one so much uh and i even turned to my wife after it was over and i said you know there were no flying sharks <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was no superhero asshole <laughs> there was this, there was no moment in this one where i had to go oh come on mm. i think that um I'm, I think the problem is we, me and Mike have always said this as well mm-hmm. the problem is with the Christmas episode is that they always feel like they can't just make an episode it's got to be Christmassy mm-hmm. so then that comes with a load of baggage as well and then it's like well what sort of Christmassy are we having normal Christmassy or are we having British Christmassy or everyone dies <laughs> are we and, oh you know what are we what are we doing and all these years Doctor Who's been back they have not yet figured it out mm. yeah and so that's why I feel like the, the Christmas episode is always such sort of a, a wibbly wobbly p- proposition. It's it's always very up in the air about what sort of quality thing are you going to get, and um, yeah, it's uh, it, you know I, I mean I think the return of Doctor Mysterio for me for me is by far not even not the worst 
Mm. Like you say, there's no flying sharks in it. Um, it's not just there so Catherine Jenkins to sing a song at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know, there's a there's a lot. You know, there's. Um, I mean, I it, feel like Christmas never quite works for me. So it's fine for Doctor Who to be silly from time to time, but they've. You know, there's always that 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 debate: is Doctor Who a kids' show or is it a grown-up show? And sometimes I don't think the makers seem to know which way they're going with the show. And well, I think they they wouldn't they would say it's neither. They would say it's a family show. Mm-hmm. It's for yeah, everybody. But, it's kids. It's... it's from eight to eighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm now beginning to question: Is it the kind of show that should even be given Christmas specials? And I'm not saying that to make it go away. I, right. you know, mm. I there's. I'd happily watch Doctor Who quite a lot more than it's made. But, you know, is it the best show to have a Christmas special? Well, I think, I, I the, think the, question, it, the question for the BBC is what else are you putting on Christmas that, that Day? Was, yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Just like they, they, it's, it's perhaps carrying a lot of weight on its shoulders. Hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and, and put into positions that it's not necessarily best suited for. Hmm. Um, when, it, when I think of the classic Christmas specials that there have been that actually stick with you because they're so good. Doctor Who has never been up there. And I think you're right. The BBC just haven't got that, the IP anymore. There is no Only Fools and Horses or equivalent. Hmm. There's no well-loved family comedies or uh, other things like that. The variety shows are dead. We were saying that last night. Um, So, yeah, what do you do at Christmas? We've got Doctor Who and Sherlock. Okay. No, not even Sherlock because no. um, yeah. Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch is making <coughs> that Marvel money. Yep. Yeah, they're all famous so, now. They're so, all famous now. Yeah. Yeah, but somehow well, Mark Gatiss got in it again because it just is <laughs> there, ready to pounce. Let, let me let me put forth what may be an uh, a an unpopular suggestion. Back in back when Doctor Who was first being watched by a lot of us. Back before it became "quote unquote" new who, mm-hmm. um, it used to be. It, it took episodic to a whole new level. In that continuity was never really a thing. Was that such a bad thing for Doctor Who? Are they getting so bogged down in the mythology that they're having trouble telling telling stories? Mm. Mm. It I, does I'm, happen. I'm, it does happen. Yeah. Uh, ask, ask DC. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or indeed Marvel mm. with their great, and it all starts again. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um. I I mean, the, I think there was more continuity in in the old series than I think maybe you're giving it credit for. Mm, um, maybe. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially sort of towards five, six, Doctors five, six, and seven, mm. when the fans ended up getting involved in the production of the show more and more. Yeah, yeah. Um, canon and continuity, and this person does this. This is what the Dalek history is. His sidemen history. I think that, especially as a lot of these episodes didn't exist, it was, <laughs> it was, um, it was difficult to get hold of and contradictory, and got too important and too bloated. Um, and when New Who came along and sort of just cut a lot of the fat away, hmm. but kept the important stuff. Um, but 
I mean, I don't know. Um, I, for me as a fan, I don't feel that there's an intrusive amount of continuity in it, but I'm a fan. Hmm. So my, my sort of fan goggles, cause I, you know, I, I've, I've seen the show, so I understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. but i you know but i can't have the perspective of someone who's coming at it completely fresh because my brain is just too ruined by what i've experienced <laughs> mm. <laughs> well as as someone okay and and you know one of the things i love about this podcast uh is you guys put such a spotlight on my trek fandom because it's al- it's almost exactly reversed because you know i you know with with trek any deviation from what should be just how dare you villains um so i you know and i i love that you you help ground me (laughs) in my going it's just a fucking tv show dude relax (laughs) (laughs) but what you know what what you just said it's like sometimes i feel watching doctor who has become way more work than it should be and i had that feeling that the i'll tell you the first time i noticed it was when uh, there was that episode, I think it was the second Weeping at Angels episode, and people were talking about whether he had his jacket on hmm. at the beginning of the episode, and then at, later, and then later on he didn't, and it was like, was it really him, or was he coming back in time, or who, and it was out in the forest, I don't even remember the fucking plot line of the show. Yeah, you're talking about Time of Angels and uh, Flash and Yeah, Stone. Time of Angels, yeah. 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 And I was like, you know what? This is Doctor Who. I shouldn't have to be like keeping taking notes <laughs> to keep track of this show. It's just, you know, Doctor Who. It's silly. You've got cabbages attacking people in lighthouses, and, I, <laughs> and you know, it's just. It's just I, I, say, I think there were people. I mean, because I think that's how you, you know, I think people also think watch Star Trek in that way, whereas you don't. Exactly. So, yeah. That's what you know. I think that's the thing of there. The people who make Doctor Who now are the people who were sitting at home taking notes, as you yeah. put it. So that's why, like you say, the jacket incident, is it off, is it on, it, which actually turned out to be important um, yeah. later yeah. on. I mean, it's um, that's because the, that's the people who make it now. So, um, it, you know, they, they love that about Doctor Who, that it's intricacy. So they're going to express that in the show. So... I mean, Moffat, I feel like Moffat's attitude. I mean, obviously, we're gonna. I'm gonna try and not talk about Moffat too much because we're mm-hmm. gonna do an episode on it. But um, his attitude is that if you ain't been watching by now, no one knew he's watching it. So fucking mm. catch up is his. <laughs> is his. I think it's his attitude. You know, mm. get on board or get off, because you know we're not getting any new fans. The people who are watching this are watching this so to speak. So it's it's a case of, you know, just get on the fucking bus and stop moaning. You know, pay attention. Mm. Um, so it's, I mean, and how you feel about that is what is going to be how you feel about <laughs> Moffat. So um, can I just say, mm-hmm. just as, a, as, a, as an aside, and, and, you know, I, by the way, folks, I love Doctor Who. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. I, I'm not dissing the show at all. Uh, I hope it didn't sound like I was just with that last comment. I'm just throwing ideas out there because what the fuck. Um, I didn't realize how in love with Bill Potts I was until she showed up on the finale. And I literally fucking cried. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was just I mean, we'll move on to sort of series 10 then. I think it's mm-hmm. yeah. giving us a nice jumping on point. Um, 
once again we're sort of now we're now we've sort of left the clara behind finally it was what are we going to do with this guy now and i mm. think that bringing bill on and how they chose to write her was a masterstroke because mm. she brought a new energy and reinvigorated i think uh, what could be a very dour after what's happened to him especially mm-hmm. after what happened to him in heaven sent um oh, yeah um to kind of get him out of this funk and get him on adventures again and yeah um i think it was bill was a piece of inspired writing and how they chose to use her mm. it's kind of a shame that um, we didn't get her a bit sooner actually this is what I'm going to say. Cause <laughs> the, tra- the tragedy of Pearl Mackey is that she's only carrying one shot at this. Mm-hmm. And, and her eyebrows. I, I, I she's never got stop out, it. She's eyebrow goals. <laughs> never got past the eyebrows. <laughs> and it, it made it worse when I saw just shots of her as a person. It's like, that, that's not her eyebrows. They've done that to her for this show. Why have they done that? But anyway. It just bugged me forever. Continues to. And when she came back in the Christmas special, it was like, oh, yeah, the eyebrows. There they are. (laughs) As a character, she was great. Great things from Pearl Mackey in the future. Mm. As as I just hope future makeup people (laughs) go easier on her eyebrows. I thought she was great. I thought the character, again, yeah, it was... A very well written character and, and like Emma said brought back a lot of energy to the, the show uh, and it is a shame that she'll only get one season but the eyebrows man how I'm did really they get through that TARDIS door <laughs> it, it was all I could see it was just there eyebrows wow they're huge well you know and, Peter Capaldi has to have some competition you know I suppose so <laughs> It just it preoccupied me for an entire season of television. I don't know what to tell you. It probably says more about me than anything else, but the, the, here I am. And, and still it overshadows the entire thing for me. Mm. But she was great. Actually, that's one thing I forgot to mention when we did uh, Twice Upon a Time. It was, uh, it was interesting watching the regeneration. The last we see of Peter Capaldi is from his like, eyes upwards. How we first saw him back in Day of the Doctor. Mm. That's That's what you need a dramaturg for shit like that (laughs) (laughs) you know most people don't know that word rich i know but that is that's what they do like and and we should make it so that there's last it's like the first shot and then it's we buckend the whole thing you see (laughs) you just sit there looking at them and go yeah okay you've set that up okay (laughs) who hired you really okay no i'm just asking (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. It's a real thing. Sorry, mm. I've derailed everything. I feel bad <laughs> oh, speaking because I keep doing this today. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Now, I, I, you know, talking about chemistry, mm. there was amazing chemistry between Capaldi and Mackie from the get-go. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and you know, they they didn't try to, uh, you know suddenly make the doctor utterly devoted to her after an episode and a half that they, they, they let it as much as they had time to do. They let the relationship grow organically and it just, it felt right the whole way along. I just, I, I loved that, you know, don't get me wrong. There were some real stinkers in in season 10. Uh, and I'm, you know, that, that whole monk thing. Um, but 
Capaldi and Mackey's interactions and Nardole too. I forget the the actor's name. I know he's someone over there. Matt he's not Lucas. Over. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in Come Fly with Me. Please watch Come Fly with Me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, you know that trio was beautiful. Mm. They played off each other so well. And when you had Nardole and and Bill off on their own, it worked. It worked perfectly. It never felt forced. It never felt wrong. Anytime Nardole said, you know, I'm allowed to beat you up, and you're just like, you couldn't beat up anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but you, it, it never felt, you know, it never felt forced. It never felt unreal. And, you know, for all of the, the, the shit that came out in this, ep- in this season, with, you know, especially with that, that triumvirate, the pyramids, uh, uh, no, Extremis was good, but Pyramids at the End of the World and Lie of the Land were terrible. Mm. Um, and Empress of Mars was, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the the characters were great, and the acting was great. And, you know, say what you want about the writing and stuff, I, st- I still think everybody really shone in this last season. I mean, for me, it's the what you would call the YOLO season, because <laughs> they, I mean, I feel like it was that everyone knew that this was everyone's last Rodeo, so hmm. um, it, it was a bit of just a fuck it, just do whatever sort of thing. Not, not whatever, but it, the, the idea is that they sort of, I feel like if, if it was any other season, they, they, I don't know if they would have made the Doctor blind for three, for three episodes. Hmm. I don't know if you would have had Nardo in this. No. If if they they thought they were he was going on into series eleven, um, it would have been the 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 uh, the Bill and Bill and Doctor show, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if you would have the, you know another lot of the Missy arc. I feel like they thought well we, again, this is Michelle Gomez's last last trip as well, so mm-hmm. we need to give her a send off. So I just feel like it was that kind of last day of school feeling of just I'll oh, do do just go for it just all the sort of the maddest ideas all of our big concepts all of the things we've always wanted to do now is the time to do it so let's do it mm-hmm. and it worked everything worked apart from the monk trilogy um apart from the monk trilogy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and um you do get that with with capaldi as well it's like he does like you know it was it was such a shame when we found out that this was going to be it because we also what we've got to remember is for the vast majority of 2016, we had nothing. We only had the Christmas special, and that was it. And I think that... I kind of get the impression that that year off, I think plus with some of the things that was going on with Moffat, and we'll probably touch on that more when we come to doing those episodes or two, Mm. um, I think that probably was what put the right on the wall for Capaldi and saying, okay, thanks, but I'm out. Because time I think, to, yeah, yeah, time to move on. Because I, I distinctly remember him saying, like, he wanted to try and do this as much as possible. Because, you know, he was a fan and, you know, he grew up with Tom Baker, so he kind of wanted to, like, match his hero's record, if you will. But mm. I think just the different way of, like, doing things nowadays, plus on top of that, like, doing things like the World Tour and Comic-Con every year and everything like that, it's probably put more of a toll on him that he probably expected it to um so i mean that's when you get like there's some brilliant piece i mean especially like, in extremists like at the beginning where he's just in alone in the lecture hall just sort of musing to himself um 
Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, some of the episodes were not, they were okay. Um, some were awful, some were great. Um, but, yeah, you're right, just like, it's like the last day of school sort of feeling to it. Kind of like TNG season seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes you get good stuff and sometimes you get a sex ghost. I mean, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I was thinking the other day, there's of all the series I've watched, there's far too many episodes with sex gas in it. I mean Torchwood and TNG. I mean it comes up more than you would think. Did they do that on the X Files? I can't remember. Uh, they don't think that I know of, yeah. No, they didn't have a sex gas. They had a they had one with that like a planetary alignment, which made everyone go weird. Mm. Sigonzy. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was series two, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh I, mean, yeah, I love that one. Oh, you had um, Gender Bender from the first series as well, didn't you? And Gender Bender from the first one. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Do you guys know the episode titles of everything? This is crazy. I don't. <laughs> it's my brain. Welcome to yeah. my brain, Rich. <laughs> I I have hosted two long-running series podcasts on Star Trek and the X Files, and I couldn't tell you the name of any of them. Just <laughs> none of them. I, it's bizarre. I never it never goes in ever. Don't know what any of the discovery ones have been called, and I've posted podcast episodes of those with the name of the show in the title of the podcast. <laughs> Some of them are in Latin. <laughs> yeah. so, so I, I just never goes these, in. But you, you can just pull out X Files ones. Oh, yeah. My God. <laughs> well, you know the X Files, the episodes never had names until it came out on on video. They never really right. did like the title. Yeah, they just gave them arbitrary thing. names. Yeah. yeah. No, they didn't. They, no, there were no names. Yeah. They're um, on the title card. I mean, well, um, they're not on the title card because it's usually the truth is out there or yeah. something different, isn't it? Yeah. Um, None yeah. of the episodes had names when they were aired. It wasn't until they came out on video that they gave up the episodes' names. I think they probably had them like titled on the script. They never actually like said, um, you know, this is episode title written by Chris Carter or whatever. Yeah. Um, a lot of shows still don't do that, but they do actually have episode titles. Um, I don't know whether it's just more for, like, sort of archival purposes or for fans to go, oh, remember, you know, In the Pale Moonlight or whatever. But, you know, uh, Trek always did have, like, like you know, Basics Part 1 or whatever. I don't know why that sprung to mind, but there you go. Um, well, it's basic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know why I went to that particular Voyager episode, though. Oh no, it's not good, is it? Basics. No, yeah, I mean, mm. I, I like the idea with the Kazon blowing himself up, but apart from that, no. Mm. See, I have no idea what you're talking Kazon about. Is good in my book. That... <laughs> no idea what episode it is. I've Basics one and two is end of series, end of series two. one. Yeah, two. no two. You're right. Yeah, two start of three. Three, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know a few Voyager episodes by title, but uh, yeah, and they're all yeah. Scorpion or Year of Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Year of Hell. If I've if only done that with Voyager, like Year of Hell. Just Year like... of Hell should have been all of it. Yeah, it should have been a series. It should have been a whole season. Yeah. I mean, that, I yeah. but that's, that's, this got... is not a Voyager podcast. No. <laughs> so, so okay, let right. me let me let me ask you guys. Okay. Misgivings with the finale aside, hmm. do you think Peter Capaldi got a good send off? Mm, um, sort of. It did if you if you look at um, World Enough and Time and Doctor Falls. Mm. The Doctor Falls is a good send off. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know about um, Twice Upon a Time. Well, I think, again, that comes down to the production because I think we mentioned it when we did Twice Upon a Time was Moffat wanted World Enough and Time and The Doctor Falls to be it for him. Hmm. And Chris Chibnall was supposed to take over for Christmas with Jodie Whittaker as the 13th, but Chibnall said, I don't want to do that. And I think, I don't know whether... There it was the BBC been, who said... Whether, yeah, the BBC, whether they actually said something to him or whether he got the idea into his head and like thought, oh shit. But there was an interview he had with Digital Spy and he said, if, we, if I didn't do a Christmas episode, then chances are there would never be another Christmas episode of Doctor Who. Um, so I don't know whether it was just because he wanted to keep the tradition going, no matter what, whether the BBC were actually going to do that or not. And that's why we have Twice Upon a Time, which it's, it's like, again, it's not a bad episode, but it does have that smack of, oh shit, we've got to do something. Well, okay. Yeah. Let, let me, let me clarify my question. Okay. Not, not the whole episode. Right. Just the bit where Capaldi's doctor is is actually finally no longer fighting regenerating or can no longer fight oh the final speech yeah i like that yeah oh, god yeah yeah that's great yeah, that's yeah. Lovely, you i know. mean especially if you you know compare it to the 10th doctor's send-off which is you might as well have just had rtd wanking on the screen for 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I don't want that image in my head emma thanks <laughs> You'll be glad to know I actually made the wanking motion as well, but you can't see it. Just imagine that as well. <laughs> see, I, I thought it was a little bit in between there. You know, Tennant's, Tennant's departure was sentimental to the point of, all right, all right, knock it off. <laughs> yeah. And Capaldi, he got close to that. I, I While I loved seeing Clara there, and while mm. I, I was already halfway in tears anyway, and that just kind of kicked me over the edge. Yes, I'm a blubbery ball of... <laughs> emotions since i became a daddy it's fine fuck you <laughs> <laughs> what i just uh, said it was fine not, not guys, no all <laughs> oh, right talk to our audience who are judging the shit out of me <laughs> look this is this is not a podcast of toxic man- masculinity if you that's what you feel that's why you feel mm. um but i you know i loved his 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 giving advice to his next self mm. i thought that was a brilliant conceit um you know when clara showed up it was like it hit me, but not as hard as when, when, uh, when, oh, and God, this just, just thinking about it chokes me up. When, when Amy, God damn it. Oh. <laughs> when Amy left. When, when, no, when Amy. No, in, uh, hallucination. Matt Smith. Yeah, that in Time of the me. Doctor, yeah. Because yeah. that just was so out of nowhere. Hmm. Um, but not in a bad way. It was in a, oh my God, when she says, yeah. Rag- oh god <laughs> yeah it was such a fucking ball of- oh no, jesus I get it, you know I get it. when she said something about like you know raggedy man and night. we hadn't heard that and, oh man she it just killed me him, yeah um but i, think- I thought it I thought it was great uh it was you know it it went it didn't go over the line like like tenant did mm. it just but it, it it got close to it but it was it was just right there i thought it was a really good exit yeah, I think we said that, um, including Clara, while it was nice to see Jenna Coleman back for one last hurrah, it was kind of, like, detrimental to the Doctor's arc at that point, because 
you know, we, we mentioned like the codependent relationship and how toxic that got. And the punishment for him was to lose his memories of Clara. And then for them to get it back just seemed to be like undermining it slightly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously. When it undermines the whole without witness, hope, or reward, reward yeah. thing. Mm hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, the final speech itself is smashing. And um, one one thing I liked um, was you know, effectively the TARDIS like convinces him to regenerate finally. And when just while he's about to do it, he starts doing his speech, and you hear the cloister bell going, as if she's going, "No, no, don't do a fucking speech, just regenerate." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, mm, I, I still think Doctor Falls would have been a better finale for Capaldi, it's, especially with the. the Without problem is it's almost a better so it's almost a better send off for Missy than it is the Doctor. Yeah, that's true. You know what I would like to see going forward. Well, I, I, before I before I go into that, Rich, you you've been kind of quiet. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I had nothing to add, so oh, I, I, okay. didn't, uh, I didn't want to say anything. Okay, yeah. I want to make sure we weren't steamrolling over you. I have, I have no, no, it's, it's, it's fine. If I if I want to get in, I'll get in. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would really like to see with this next doctor and you guys totally nailed it. She had one line and it was brilliant. It and was literally oh, brilliant. It was literally brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to see a series of doctor who that doesn't involve Daleks or the Cybermen at all. Well, you can forget about that. For yeah. the, the, yeah, the Daleks have to be in it because um, I think we've explained this before. But basically, yeah, because of the con because of the way that the estate of Terry Nation, the guy who invented the Daleks, is set up, and the agreement with the BBC, they have to be in it every year, regardless. But do they have to be like central? Can we just have a Dalek like on no. screen for a second? Well, that's why <laughs> there's one in the waters of Mars for no reason. Mm. <laughs> That's that's why you got. So, yeah. I'm so fucking sick of the Cybermen. I could puke. <laughs> I think that, that the, I mean the Cybermen isn't under the same. It doesn't have the same problem. But no. I think because they were kind of linked into Missy as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think that um, yeah. I, I mean I think that the Cybermen will probably go to bed for a little while. Um, nice. I never liked them to begin with, and you know I know that may be a bit heretical, but. Uh, it just seems like every time they do a Cybermen episode, especially when it's multiple, like multiple episodes, mm. um, it starts off great. And then the ending is just so silly. <laughs> I think this, is, this isn't a problem of New Who. I think this is a problem of All Who. Yeah, um, that's why I don't like the Cybermen. They're a silly idea. They're, a, they're an idea that was great probably in the 50s or, or the 60s or 70s when they were when they were invented. Um and actually, you guys had me watch that one with the the where they find that Cyberman. Two of the Cybermen, yeah, yeah, two of the Cybermen, and it just you know, back then, sure, why not put guys in silver leotards and put handles on their heads? <laughs> but it just it just doesn't work for me now. This is the part where I say they're well, basically they're the Borg, and you like the Borg still, but um, you <laughs> no, know, I, I think they're, they're not as good as the Borg. Come on, but no, I always Voyager castrated the Borg. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. The, the Cybermen were always scarier to me than the Daleks. There's something about the, the unstoppable, ongoing nature of them that is They're like scary. zombies, essentially, now. Yeah. You know, they're zombies with metal uh, yes, body suits. you could kill them with love now. <laughs> I think that we've forgotten about that part. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's never speak of that mm. episode again. 
Mm. Most people in Selfie Old were slingshotting gold coins into them. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so you know the Daleks are better when Sophie Ultra was twatting them with a baseball bat. Oh, um, God. Yeah, so good. Um, but um, yeah, uh, the, I think it's a bit. I feel like a bit disingenuous, sort of turning around to Stephen Moffat and saying, "We've already got, you've uh, invented the uh, the um, the Weeping Angels, and you invented the Silence. Invent another iconic monster, you lazy fuck." <laughs> um, yeah. So. Um, I feel kind of bad sort of saying that to him, but I, I feel like Chibnall kind of needs to 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 pull one out fair. It, it, you, you need sort of something to associate with the era. Mm. And, um, an iconic boss monster is certainly an easy way to to, to go there, but it's it, I make it sound easy because Stephen Moffat invented two. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's something that's really stood out to me in... Uh, and I... I uh, in in the Capaldi era, especially the last the, the 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 final two seasons, is there were a lot of callbacks to early Doctor Who, with the the Zygons and the Ice Warriors and the Daleks and the Cybermen, um, and I, I think there may even have been another one that I'm not I'm not remembering offhand, which is fine. You know, fan service is if used as a spice is great. Um, but I would really love to see a little more movement into the future and, and creating some new stuff. I mean, great. You know, this is a 50 year old series, so there's all, you know, to constantly keep going back to mine the past, it, it seems almost a disservice to it. You've got a bunch of new writers. You've got a bunch of, you know, a whole new cast and crew do something new. Mm, you know, I understand that the, the, the the, the rights deal with the with the Daleks and stuff, but make it work. I don't I don't want to say it's a matter of laziness, but when you've got like iconic villains, you do have to like bring them back every once in a while just to get bums in seats. Because I think if you did like a series of entirely new monsters and that, the, you will still get some people going where the Daleks, where the Cybermen, and all that. And there is a balance that needs to be found. I think. Um, yeah, and I think with, as well with the Ice Warriors and stuff, now that I think there's a bit of recency bias coming in where they feel like they've been on a lot. They really haven't. Mm. Before before they came back in the last couple of years and knew who, they hadn't been on the screen for 40 years. The last yeah. time anyone had seen an Ice Warrior was in the Peladon episodes back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, they they were looking to the past to sort of, obviously, I think you're right, there is a certain element of fan service and, you know, uh, but there is much more egregious things they could be doing. But because at least they're not going, you know, hey, kids, you remember the Zabi? Um, or something like that, which is really like, you know, plucking one out of obscurity. But, you know, the, the, the I think that they're sort of trying to, because there was this feeling that in the 70s, especially when the Doctor was on Earth and he was dealing with a unit, there is kind of this whole, like, I don't want to say, there is a federation of different races of aliens. Hmm. So... Um, that's why they sort of keep coming up because they're sort of out there in the local space area sort of thing. So you're going to keep bumping into these lads occasionally. Um, so it's a bit like with Star Trek in, you know, in Deep Space Nine that there's good, you're going to be bumping into Bajorans and Cardassians and all these guys all the time because that's where they live. Yeah. So that's why I, I, and also I think because they've sort of used them in fairly close proximity in the last few years of who it feels like a lot, but it really in the whole, hmm. In the whole scope of who it really isn't, 
So I think that's, I think sort of taking the wider view, it doesn't feel like they're being overused to me, but I can definitely feel like if you've come to New Who, you know, you've never seen Nice Warrior before and suddenly they're in it two consecutive seasons back to back, it's like, oh, I'll do something new. Whereas mm. I think for, for people who, you know, looking back on the series of thinking, oh, great, more Ice Warriors, because I've never seen an Ice Warrior much after Peladon. And that yeah. was, like I say, that was 40 years ago. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel that they, 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 you will see creatures that you have seen before. There's no doubt about that because mm. they are the money makers. They're the solid bets. But I think, I think you will see new, new monsters. Um, I feel like series ten really didn't have a lot of new monsters compared to. I mean, because series eight and series nine, they've done the thing that New Who has always done. Nearly every episode is something you haven't seen before. Whereas series ten really didn't do that. Like say had the monk trilogy and then you had um thing other things that you've encountered before, Cybermen and Daleks. Mm-hmm. So um you know, series ten really didn't bring a lot of innovation in the in the terms of monsters or other creatures. So um I feel like they will um they will do that again in the next series. Um I, I think they yeah, I think that series ten is more an aberration than than the sort of the shape of things to come, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So, anybody, anything else we wanted to touch upon, or shall we wrap this up? I have I nothing miss further to add. But I'm looking oh, forward to Jodie yeah. Whittaker. Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah. But it was such a again. We've got another long wait. So. Um... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's my biggest problem with the series is 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 this a BBC thing or is this a yes. myopic this a, thing? Th- this is a British TV thing, full sort of full stop. You know, this is, we, it was, I think, because this is the way we've sort of been trained to watch telly and things like that. <laughs> it's not just Doctor Who; it's kind of everything. I mean, you know, how many episodes of Sherlock have there been lately? Um, how yeah. many? But uh, how? You know, unless it's a sort of magazine show or a shiny floor <laughs> show like The X Factor or something, mm-hmm. you just don't get a lot. Of, you know, it's six episodes and that's it for a year, or it's so. You know, the, that's kind of what we're used to. It's not. 20 episodes and it's on every six months it's just not how tv is made here mm. um so yeah it, I, I feel as well i think being doctor who fans we're kind of used to famine i suppose that <laughs> whatever we get is uh you know you, you should uh you count yourself lucky mate that we're, make, we're making you some so stop moaning so um <laughs> it's um yeah, I think it's just just how production works over here. You know, uh, no new series is twenty episodes ever, unless it's sort of a like I say a shiny floor show or a thing about rebuilding someone's house or um, mm. something like that. It's it's. You, I mean, there's new series on at the moment. The new Neil Cross thing, Hard Sun, six episodes. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's a new series of Luther. I think there's like four of them, five of them. Yep. So, I mean, even our big shows, you know, the big dramas, a series is six episodes. It, it that, is sometimes it. like they just don't want to, don't want make anyone any. watching. Just like, don't, <laughs> we're not going to make the stuff you want to watch. Here's Strictly. Come on. <laughs> or, you know, it's like, again, that, that sort of, you know, band you, that you like comparison. You know, some bands are like, you know, make one album. We're not go doing anything as crass as go on tour or make another album in the next few years. <laughs> you know, what do you take us for? Absolutely. I just, you know, the, the word momentum comes to mind and losing it, but maybe. Yeah. 
But yeah. I, I mean, I think that Doctor Who, I don't want to say Doctor Who is immune from it because it, it's not, you know, it's hmm. not this sort of special thing on an island. But I think that the, I think that it's got kind of enough of an ingrained fan base that it will sort of pick pick people up as it rolls up. And I think that having a female doctor is going to, I mean, the hype train will resume. Have, have yeah. no, it's just parked at the moment. It's not dead. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, it's just stopped for the minute. Um, it's, it's at the station. It will, it will continue. It will <laughs> roll on in, in sort of August, September time. But at the moment it's, because it's not coming out, you don't. I, I think that we would all be sick of if there was the BBC parping on and on about the new series of Doctor Who when we're six months away from it. Hmm. We would all be sick of it. So you know, just just little and often for now. So um, I don't think they're at all concerned with the idea of momentum because they know that it's going to be fine. It, it's going to have enough hype coming in, coming into this series especially um, yeah. on its own without having to worry too much about get another get another series out now before people forget about it yeah mm-hmm. and actually given given the, uh, the 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 wonderful nature of things in this country right now and, and y'all are dealing with some of that too I think uh, maybe laying low for six months before bringing in a, a, a completely new doctor of a new gender uh, might not be a bad thing that some of the assholes forget about it and wander off well yeah. no i mean i think that you know assholes are gonna assholes sort of no matter what so they don't <laughs> they don't stop being assholes they just keep it festering away and then they'll they'll be back with a vengeance i think it's gonna be pretty brutal i i, I think uh you know the the trolls and the the dickheads i think it's gonna be oh yeah i'm not looking forward to it <laughs> and on that positive note <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so if you have any final thoughts about Peter Capaldi's The Twelfth Doctor, let us know your thoughts. You can email us at greatestshow at simplysyndicated.com, uh, tweet us at greatestshowpod, or you can visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash greatestshowpodcast. Uh, please do check out our many sister shows on the network, and as always, we welcome your support. Best way you can help us out is by signing up to Simply Everything. A monthly fee of just £6 gives you access to ad-free versions of current shows, a library of podcasts from the network's archives, and shows that are exclusive to the service. Uh, We also have a merchandise store offering accessories and apparel to Europe and America. Uh, We have a Patreon and you can donate through PayPal, uh, links to which are bottom on the website. So thank you very much, uh, Rick. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. (laughs) Sorry, you took me away. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Emma. Ta. Until next time, take care and bye bye.